Be seated, please. They have been called the first post-Christian generation. I'm talking about Generation Z. Maybe you'll remember not too long ago we were talking about millennials. Millennials were born between 1981 and about 1998. It is a large segment of the world population presently, but it's not the largest. The largest segment of the world's population would fall under the Generation Z umbrella. From about 1998 to 2018 is when these people were born. Between 1998 and 2018, a 20-year or so window that saw the beginning of Google, of Uber, uh, of Instagram, of Twitter. These are people that have grown up with technology and for the most part have little to no remembrance of the events of September 11th, 2001, because the oldest of them would have only been about two. Think about that. The Bible speaks of being as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. Matthew 10 and verse 16. Those words from Jesus. The Bible in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 verses 31 and 32 talks about those of Issachar who understood the times and who knew what to do. Those of Issachar. We need more of an Issacharian spirit in understanding the times and knowing what to do because the largest group in terms of numbers in the world can be called Generation Z, 2.5 billion worldwide, were born between 1998 and 2018. Millennials, 1981 to 1997 is when they were born. You put both of them together and you have approximately one half Actually, a little over one half of the world's population. Here is my question. How would Jesus connect and relate to these souls? And ought it not be the standard or pattern for which you and I should relate to these souls too. There's a lot to think about here. 
This is the, first, the second of a two-part lesson concerning why young people leave the church and what can be done about it. Next Sunday morning, I'll look at how Jesus dealt with sinners. My original intent was to preach that lesson tonight. But due to the amount of material I'm wanting to get across, I decided I would take two sermons instead of just one to deal with why young people leave the church and what can be done. This morning, considerable time was invested in talking about why young people leave the church. And we began looking at what the church can do to keep that from happening at such an alarming rate. For any young person to leave the Lord's church should break our hearts. But when the number is as alarming as it seems to be today, we ought to be concerned, really concerned. There were three humble suggestions that I gave this morning for the church in its response. We must be known as a group of people who love like Jesus. We love unconditionally. That does not mean that we are soft on sin, but there's real Bible truth behind the old adage of loving the sinner and hating the sin. And I think sometimes we err in a way we shouldn't. Especially with young people. We also talked about how everyone in the church, elders, preachers, people of all ages, should consider this a personal investment. There may be a limit to the things that one can do in the church, but every person in the body of Christ can do something to help encourage and to motivate young people to draw closer to Jesus Christ. We looked at matters like these, and now I want to look at a fourth matter. You want to look at it from that count? Number four. Three were given this morning. Number four. We need to be talent developers. We are alert and sensitive to the skills, talents, and abilities of young people in churches. If we can plug them in, in areas where they have talent and skill and ability and desire, that will be a great, great motivation for them to keep on keeping on. Think of the words of Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 verse 5. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. We need to help people find, young people in the church especially, we need to help them find their place in the body. And some young men are going to be great song leaders. And we got a good example of some of that tonight in Pew Packers. 
Some will be teachers. And the Lord can use more young men and young ladies in teaching classes. And we ought to think about bringing some of the young ladies along in our Bible classes even more and let them assist. Think of it as an investment in future education. Helping in the small classes especially. How about young men and young ladies that are really good with technology? Helping the church with its website? Helping congregations to have a better, more attractive, more updated digital presence? How about encouraging ladies, young ladies who are really good at visiting and helping to visit and help others. I would think that the number of possibilities are almost endless, Kyle. If we are looking at young people, we see tremendous gifts, tremendous talents, a lot of ability to help them hone in on what they really want to do because if they're fervent in spirit serving the Lord, Romans 12 and verse 11, the likelihood is greater that they won't get discouraged and quit. I preached my first sermon almost 50 years ago. I was 13. I'd only been a Christian for about three weeks. And it was due to the support and love and encouragement of a small church in northwest Mississippi that I'm standing before you now. That congregation was no bigger than the church here. As a matter of fact, it was a little smaller. But what they did was train a young man and encourage a young man in ministry. The investment that we make in trying to encourage people to develop their talents while they're young and their gifts to use more fully to God's glory are immense. Christian poets are needed. Christian songwriters are needed. Why can't someone among us do a Bible program, something like The Chosen, that is on television and has been so successful? There is no limit to what can be done from the talent pool of young people. Elders have a special responsibility in that. Those of us who preach have a special responsibility in trying to teach and encourage. But look for talent and encourage it. Encourage its use to God's glory. That was number four. Number five. Model the love and passion for God you would like to instill in others. Model the love and passion for God that you would hope to instill in others. 
It's very important to Generation Z to see faith, passion, and love, and Christianity modeled. Really, although they wouldn't normally associate this verse with it, Philippians 4.9, the things that you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. They want to see Christianity modeled, and one of the biggest turnoffs is what is fake or seemingly hypocritical. Therefore, what they're basically saying to us is step up and really be what you're talking about. In your marriage, in your home, on the job, in a consistent way, show me the love of Jesus. And that will cause every one of us as Christians to stop for a moment and think about the words that we utter, the actions that we act upon, and help us to remember what we knew when we first became parents. There's little eyes watching us. Now the eyes are a little bit older when we're talking about Gen Z. But they're watching us too. He that says he abides in him ought himself to walk even as he walked. 1 John 2 and verse 6. Jesus left an example that we should walk in his steps. 1 Peter 2, 21 and 22. We should leave an example that they can walk in the steps of Jesus as they follow us. Next, humble suggestions. I humbly suggest with this group in particular that we emphasize the story of Jesus, especially the cross and His resurrection. These are matters of first importance, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. That does not mean that other matters of biblical truth are not important. But it does mean to see what God has done in Jesus is of primary importance. Our daughter Karen has worked with Midland Christian School for about seven years now and had gone to school there from the time she was in about the third grade or so, second or third grade. Since she has taught, and even before I've been allowed to go to Midland Christian and teach on the crucifixion of Jesus and His resurrection, We must not think that young people know that story. We must not think that even in what is supposed to be a Christian school, that young people have a good knowledge of that story. 
Young people have faith struggles like everyone else. And they may not have the background that some others do. They need to hear the story of Jesus and His cross and of His resurrection. And when they do and they hear the word taught, they want a relationship with the Lord. You see, Generation Z does not deny the supernatural, the possibility of the supernatural. But they want the supernatural seen and explained in a way that makes sense to a mind that has been taught a lot about science and not a lot about theology. But when we can show them that the God of heaven came down and what kind of God that is, a God of grace and love and mercy whose holiness knew something had to to be done about sin and yet at the same time whose love and mercy did that something, they are attracted more to Jesus. And so I've always looked forward to that opportunity at Midland Christian, but I wonder... How about Midland Classical? How about Trinity? How about Midland Lee and Midland High? Odessa High and Odessa Permian. How many people are going through public and private education who do not even know the story of Jesus and His love in the cross? What an opportunity. What a privilege. And here at Westside, we can impact young people's hearts and lives with that story, keeping primary what Scripture does, what God has done in Christ, and how we ought to respond. Next. Be patient with young people's mistakes and struggles. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Matthew seven twelve. Be patient with young people's mistakes and struggles. Here's something that concerns us, understandably. In the United States, the younger the people group is, the farther they are removed from the God of Scripture. That cannot be allowed to stand. The younger the people group is, the farther they tend to be from the God of Scripture. Can the tide not be turned by us being the people of God? We need to be patient with them and their struggles. They think a lot about diversity. 
And so they are going to look for racially diverse churches. And understandably, since the gospel is for all, they are going to be concerned about the poor and the needy. And they will expect the people of God to be today too. It seems to me that many of the things that really should attract Generation Z are really at the heart of Christianity in the first place. And how wonderfully optimistic we can be about the future if that's true. The gospel in the first century grew in an incredibly culturally diverse world with all kinds of problems. But the gospel grew. I don't have those young people in this assembly, at least to a large degree tonight. Got some great ones in here. But I have you. And if the Lord will begin making the difference that He can in us and our patience with them, you have need of patience. Hebrews 10.36. I'll tell you what, I teach in a school of preaching and i got a lot of Generation Z types in my class. I can't take for granted that they know what they need to about some fundamental truth in Scripture. They're willing to listen, but they want to be part of a conversation. A conversation about Jesus and His Word. You know, here's something kind of different. Some of us who are older, we could respond pretty well to lecture. But Generation Z has been so visually oriented and sensory oriented all of their lives that they have to be involved in the conversation. People have different learning styles, don't they? We ought to appreciate that. And we can be all things to all people to win some without compromising truth. 1 Corinthians 9 19 through 23. Next. This idea of patience with them. And I'll guarantee you, like anybody else, sometimes people push our buttons. They push our buttons. And it may be somebody that was born a generation zer. They'll push our button. Again. Provide opportunities to change their life in the church. The church can provide opportunities to transform the hearts and lives of young people forever. Examples. Devotionals. Pew packers. Get-togethers. Christian camps, polishing the pulpit, focal point, which occurs next week in San Marcos, Texas, leadership training for Christ, lads to leaders, lasses to leaderettes, 
There are all kinds of avenues and opportunities out there. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 6. That you might be a good minister. Nourished up in the words of the faith and the good doctrine. We want to provide opportunities for young men and young ladies to become better servants of God. And nowadays, you know what you can do? You can pull out your phone and take pictures of what's going on. You can get video of what's going on. I encourage those that are going to Christian camps this summer, at some point, make sure that you get things digitized so that the young people will remember those moments for years and years to come. Provide opportunities. You'll be glad that you did. These suggestions are humbly offered with the hope and the prayer that a generation to come will learn better to set their hope on God. We have a lot of parents here and a lot of precious kids. Not one of them, not one of them, do we want to see leave the faith. Not one. And I hope a lesson like this will encourage them and will encourage us to have a really positive influence in their lives. Let's pray together. Father, as this lesson closes, we lay it at your feet. Thanking you and praising your name for Jesus Christ, our Savior and King who came into this world of sin and sadness and death and is the Prince of life, who gives abundant life and who is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our all. We pray that hearts and minds everywhere will always be amazed at how good you are and how great your love, how deep, the Father's love for us. We pray, young people in our assembly tonight, that when they are tempted to wander away, that they will hold to the truths that they have seen and heard here at Westside. We pray, dear God, that you would forgive us as adults. Help us to have greater confidence in the future because we know that you hold the future in your hand. And we pray that you will use us as a great force for good to change young people's lives and to help them in their faithfulness to you. We pray for parents of young people in this assembly that you bless them and help them to recognize that their love and faithfulness to you leaves a tremendous impression on their children. God, we pray for the 
ladies and men that are young ladies and men may well marry someday. And we pray that they will be faithful Christians too. Thank you for your love and blessings. Thank you for your truth and for your holiness. In Christ's name, amen. We're about to stand and sing a song of encouragement. Perhaps there's someone here that needs to come to Jesus in faith, repentance, and baptism. That's what the Bible plainly states. Will you not respond to God's love in this way? And for those of us who are Christians, let's make it a point to be known as a congregation that really loves young people. People of every age. Because every person has a soul. Let us stand and sing.